Amen. Amen. Well, I'm glad to see you guys here this morning. We are seeing the enemy working on so many different levels. Why? Because he knows his time is short. And he's doing what he can. The, the United States of America was built on biblical principles. And we were a powerhouse for the Word of God to reach the world. Now, no, don't get me wrong. Let's not get all high and mighty and say we're the only ones. There are many nations, okay, that are. Many nations. But the, the United States, has God has used it in such a powerful way for the last couple hundred years. And we are seeing an attack on our nation, not by a physical enemy, okay? There are, we do have physical enemies, but I'm talking about by Satan. What is Satan after? He's after to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to squash any mention of the name of Jesus. He wants to squash us and our voice in the world. And he's using various methods to do that. Mainly, media is a main source. He has the ability through many media outlets that have yielded to the direction that he wants things to go. The Bible says that the, the wicked one, that, that the whole world is swayed, if you will, by the wicked one. Meaning that Satan is, is moving in this world and <laughs> there is an agenda, there is a plan, okay? Not people going <laughs> in a corner somewhere in an office and how can we do things? No, I don't mean that. I just mean his agenda is to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to, again, wipe out the name of Jesus. He wants to see what we see at the beginning of the book of Acts, the oppression on the church to shut us up was definitely influenced by the devil. And we're seeing that now. Now, don't get me wrong. It's nothing new. It's been happening since Jesus was here. And, and it will continue. If Jesus doesn't come and we move on, it'll continue to the next generation. The next, that's just the way it is. Until things come to a gripping end and things dramatically change. But we don't have to tolerate it. See, what Satan wants us to do is sit by and take it. He wants us you to feel overwhelmed. He wants you to feel defeated. He wants you to feel like I have no power or influence and I can't change anything. And there's a lot of people that are discouraged. They do feel it's almost like there's an oppression over not only our nation but the entire world. There is, there is something that's happening. Depression and suicide are at an all-time high. Right in the middle of all this ability to be social through uh, digital methods. But we, we really do see depression at an all-time high. You can almost feel the heaviness of oppression in the atmosphere. I don't know about you. I can sense it. It's there. It's present. And th there's pressure in the lives of people with all the bad news of coronavirus, of wildfires, hurricanes, political hostility, the economy, racial tensions. It's like bad news, bad news, bad It's like the world's on fire. The, the whole place is just, there's no good news. It's like everything is bad. And that's exactly what the devil wants you to focus on. There's a lack of real freedom. I don't know, but I, you as American, I don't like to be told, wear a mask. I don't like this social distancing. I don't like the fact that we've had everything locked down. And don't get me wrong, I understand people had a right heart in doing it, okay? And there is a purpose for these things. There is a good reason. But what I'm saying, because of all these things, there's a sense of a lack of freedom. There's a sense of a, yeah, there's all these travel restrictions. If you wanted to take a vacation, where are you going to go? 
I mean, everywhere you go, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to separate. That's closed, that's shut off. We're only doing that halfway. It's, it's like everybody wants to just be released from this and say, it was one bad dream, 2020. I heard this comedian say that, uh, you know how at the beginning of the year we celebrate New Year's? He said, I don't think so. He said, I think what we ought to do is wait till the end of the year and see how it goes, then celebrate it. <laughs> Because no one going into 2020 would have said, yeah, knowing what, we, what was going to happen. I mean, we didn't know. I mean, we weren't aware of that. I mean, I believe some of us, and I believe the Spirit of God, I did know some things were coming. I never dreamed this up. My mind didn't have anything to work with, you know what I'm saying? But the fact is, I believe everybody is feeling this. And I believe many people in the world, including Christians, are feeling overwhelmed. They feel, I think people feel almost buried under the weight of it. Defeated, overpowered, like I said. They're feeling a real tangible sense of suppression in the world. And I know it because I've sensed it. I feel it sometimes. I'm aware of what's going on. Now, I want to encourage you this morning not to allow fear and worry to dominate your thinking. To dominate your decision-making. And see, when we make our decisions due to our thoughts, when fear and worry are dominating them, we will make unwise decisions. We won't make decisions like we should. See, we can choose to focus on the negative news and all these things that we can sense out in the world, or we can remember God is still on the throne, that He has not left me, that He's with me. Amen? That He said He would literally be with me all the time. And if God is for me, who can be against me? But see, a lot of the times with what's going on, we get our eyes off of Jesus. And when I say get our eyes off of Jesus, I mean get our eyes off of His Word. Get our eyes off of His promises. We need to get our eyes back focused on Him and on Him alone. And and sometimes, to be honest with you, just turn off the news. You're not hearing anything new. You're hearing the same things over and over and over and over. And the reality is, it's not helpful. It's not helpful. But it will help us to focus on the Word more. We can either choose to be overwhelmed with fear and worry, or we can be the overcomers that God created us to be in Christ Jesus. And I'm going to show you in the Word of God today that you are an overcomer, whether you feel like it or not. You are an overcomer. An overcomer, listen to me carefully, an overcomer prevails over problems and difficulty. They overpower. They never quit during a fight. That's how you lose. You don't lose because you got beat up or because it was hard. You lose because you quit. An overcomer succeeds when others fail you and i have the lord jesus christ in us and among us we are supposed to be different than what we see out in the world that like i said you're in this world but you're not of this world you're in this world but not bound by this world you say well what do you mean pastor remember in colossians it told us that we have been delivered from darkness we've been delivered from the power of sin and death We've been delivered from Satan and his influence. And we've been brought into the kingdom of his dear son. Jesus 
is our Lord. And not just say, our Lord as in, you know, I submit to him and he speaks to me occasionally and I see something in his word. No, I mean, he's literally my Lord. He is the king of kings. Now, who's the kings he's king of? Point at yourself and say, that's me. Amen? I'm sorry, but the Bible didn't say anything about queens. We're all kings. Okay? All right? <laughs> king. Say it. say it with me. Say, I'm a king in Christ. Now, you're not a king on your own, but you're a king in him. Amen? You're a king's kid. Amen? Praise God. So let's jump into the Word, and let's encourage ourselves and remind ourselves of who we really are in Christ, that we really are overcomers. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 says, you are of God, little children. I love that. You are of God. Say it with me. Say, I am a child of the living God. Now say it like you mean it this time. Say, I am a child of the living God. Amen. That's what it says. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Have. What does have mean? Doesn't that mean it's already done? have overcome them what's the them he's talking about the enemy what satan could do in our lives you have overcome them because because there is a because here because he jesus who is in you is greater than he who is in the world how many of you know jesus defeated the devil he defeated the devil he defeated the devil he defeated sin he defeated death. He defied death. Remember, he wasn't just buried. He came back. And he's the mediator of his own will. Find someone else like that. He was the first one born again. Not bound by any rule on this world. Think about that for a minute. See, when you're born of a woman, you're bound by everything that's going on, right? But he died. When you die, aren't you set free from the bonds of everything going on in this world? You, you're dead. And so when you die, you're set free from it. He was born again, but not through a woman. You and I are born again. We were raised from death in Christ. When he died, we died with him. That means we're set free. We're set free from the law. We're set free from the power of sin and death. And we were raised to newness of life in Christ Jesus, the Bible says. We're not bound. Say it with me. I'm not bound. You're not bound. Now, you might say, well, I feel like it sometimes. Well, we're to walk by faith and not by sight. We're to walk by faith and not how I feel. What does my feelings have to do with it? Well, you know, we like to feel sorry for ourselves sometimes and mope and so on and so forth, wake up and realize, wait a minute now, like I said, God's still on the throne. All is still well. Just because things don't look good doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean that things aren't changing. You know, you can bake something, right? And you're waiting for maybe a cake to rise or something. But if you keep on peeking in the oven and you don't, see, I don't see anything happening. I don't see, is something happening? Something's happening. Something is in there and something's happening. And what you need to do is let it alone and trust that it's all working because you followed the recipe and you did your part. You know what? You need to trust God and His Word and know all is well. It doesn't matter what it looks like. All is well. Amen? I'm telling you guys, you need to get a little fired up. We'll get you there before we're done. All right, so say I'm an overcomer. That's what he said. Isn't that what the Lord said about you? 
you have overcome them, right? The enemy. Now, 1 John 5, verses 4 and 5, reiterates what he talked about. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Where aren't we a child of God? Right? We just read that. We're a child of God. So you're born of God. And the Word of God says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. It's a done deal. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Our faith in what? In God and His Word. That I'm not concerned what I see or how bad things are or what's going on around me. That I'm not ruled by that. I'm looking to God and God said I'm an overcomer. Bless God, I'm an overcomer. I, you, that's where you've got to get just dig down deep into God's Word and said, I don't care what's going on. I don't care what the checkbook says. I don't care what my body says. I don't care what the news says. I'm an overcomer. And God doesn't lie. So I have to dig in and agree with God. The problem is, a lot of you aren't doing that all the time. Sometimes you're allowing yourself to be overcome or feel overcome or feel overwhelmed. And what I'm encouraging you this morning is dig deep into the Word of God and say, if God says that I'm an overcomer, I don't give a flip what everything looks like or how it feels. This Word of God says I'm an overcomer. Amen? Now look what it says. Let's read it again, verse 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Are there any believers in Jesus here? Raise your hand if I'm a believer in Jesus. Then you've overcome. You're already an overcomer. Don't, don't, <laughs> listen to me. Don't say I'm going to overcome. I have overcome. I have overcome. It's a done deal. Jesus defeated sin, the devil, death. That's the problems in life. That's the issues in life. He paid the price to set us free from every fear, every worry, every sickness, every disease, even poverty, anything that you can throw at us. He's already paid the price. Galatians 3.13 tells us Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. I like to say from the broken law because that's what the curse is. The curse is for breaking the law. So the Bible says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the broken law. Redeemed us. Everybody say, He redeemed me. See, we need to turn that around. This is what the Bible says about you. Christ has redeemed us. So Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the broken law. Having How did He do it? He became a curse for me. He took my place. He made a trade with me. And the Bible says, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. In other words, he went on the cross. That's the tree. And so he became that curse. I deserved the curse. And he went ahead and came in my place and did it for me. He took care of it for me. But nonetheless, I'm still redeemed from it. Now, what's the curse? Well, we don't want to study it today, but if you want to write down, in Deuteronomy 28, we read what the curse included. Now, in this case... We're talking about the environment we're going through right now. The curse included every sickness and every disease, not even in the Bible. Okay, There are, are diseases and sickness that, that didn't either exist or transformed from that time. But the Bible had that covered. Because when you get into Deuteronomy 28, verses 60-61 in there, he actually said, 
every sickness and disease not even named. Not even named. You know that included the coronavirus? How many would agree the coronavirus didn't surprise Jesus? He took care of that. On that cross, he took care of it. With those stripes, he took care of it. We need to see it that way. Jesus, if Jesus took it, then I don't want it. If Jesus took it for me, there's a reason for that. And out of respect for what he did, I'm going to stand against it and say, I'm not accepting it. See, the devil comes along. I got a package for you. It's the coronavirus. You need to say, no, thank you. Shut the door. (laughs) And say, I'm not accepting that gift. I'm not accepting. But a lot of people, what they'll do is they open the door. Oh, well, everybody's getting it. You can't. I mean, oh, I don't want it. Oh, And they get all afraid, and they begin to talk fear-filled thoughts that they were thinking about it, and it begins to come out of their mouth. And see, they're using their own spiritual authority to allow it to come into their life. You don't have to allow it. You don't have to allow it. Say it with me. Say, I am redeemed. I am free from the coronavirus. I am free from any flu of any type forever. When it touches my body, say it with me, when any disease, when any germ, when every virus touches my body, it dies instantly on impact in Jesus' name. Now see, that's what needs to be coming out of your mouth. Not a fear, okay? That doesn't mean you don't do stupid things. Don't go out to eat and take the table and lick it, okay? There's people doing dumb things out there. Well, if it's true, it'll work. Man, even Jesus said, don't tempt God, right? Could Jesus have done everything the devil asked him to do? Every one of them. Every one. Could he turn, the, could he turn stones into bread? Sure he could have. His faith would have worked. He could have, it wouldn't have been a temptation if he couldn't have done it. How many of you know Jesus doesn't lie? If the word says he was tempted, then he was tempted. He was one hungry dude. It had been 40 days since he's eaten. If there would have been a McDonald's there, he would have been there. Okay? Afterwards. Okay? I mean, he was hungry. And the devil comes along. Why do you think he started with that? Because he was hungry. And he's sitting there. Man, I'm sure he's... You know? (laughs) And I mean, his body... Yeah, that sounds good. You know? Man, some bread and butter. Oh, my gosh. You know? I feel sorry for those people go on the low-carb diet. My son, they took me out for my birthday yesterday, my son and his, his wife, and <laughs> we went. he didn't tell me he was on this diet. So I pick a Mexican place. And I'm like, I'm all ready for all my enchiladas, and, you know, and I want everything. And, and uh, he, <laughs> he comes in, and they inform us then that he's on that keto diet or whatever. And I'm thinking, man, I feel sorry for you right now. And because they put the chips in front of him, this in front of him, tortillas in front of him and all. And he's hungry. And he did pretty good. But he said the other day they went out with some friends of theirs to an Italian restaurant. Man, that's just plain. Why don't you just play Russian roulette with a gun? I mean, they bring fresh baked bread, all buttered hot, garlic and everything on it. And he's like, their friends are just eating it right in front of them. And he's like, oh my gosh, that looks so. It's like when you look at someone, if you're real hungry, and all of a sudden you see a turkey leg, you know? I mean, <laughs> but the fact is, is that Jesus did defeat the devil, amen? He did defeat him. You can't, listen to me, to be an overcomer, you can't allow fear-filled thoughts in your life. You can't stop thoughts from coming in, but you can do something about them when they're in. What do you do? You stop that thought out loud. 
You can't do it in your brain, guys. You can't do it in your mind. I'm not going to think about it. Because you ever notice the more you, you decide not to think about something, the more you're thinking about it? I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to think about it. But now you're focused on it, and you're making it worse. What you have to do, listen to me, is stop it with your words. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I don't receive that thought. I will not. You, what you've got to do is, what you're saying is, Lord, help me have a gate to my thought life. And something tried to push through the gate because I don't think on those thoughts. I don't think doubt and unbelief thoughts. I don't think thoughts of failure. I don't think thoughts like that. And so the enemy is coming at the gate trying to bust in. You can either want to think, open it in and, and just begin to think about it. And you ever notice you catch yourself doing that sometimes. You mean minding your own business and all of a sudden you get all these oppressive thoughts and, you know, or, or sometimes dirty thoughts can come in that way. Okay. And all of a sudden you, you think, wait a minute, wait a minute. I shouldn't be thinking like that. What you need to do is, the more time you spend in God's Word and His presence, the, the quicker you'll be to stop that at the gate. And say, no, I'm not receiving that thought. In the name of Jesus, I cast down that thought. Thought you will bow your knee to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not allowing you in my mind. Then what you do is you fill the void there with the Word of God out of your mouth. And begin to think about that. That is how you change your thinking. But if you, every time you look in the mirror, you see failure. Every time you look in the mirror, you see this or that negative thing. You need to begin to change your thoughts, but it starts with your words. It starts with your words. And, and it, the more you change your words, you'll impact your thoughts, and therefore you'll be quicker to stop the enemy right at the, the gate, the doorway there. But the fact is, you can't, to be an overcomer, you can't speak fear-filled words. You can't think fear-filled thoughts. You need to let your faith grow by thinking and meditating on God's word and speaking his word. So let's look at what God says about us, okay? What is God saying to you that you need to focus on, all right? Isaiah 41, verse 10 in the New Living says, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Now, there are things that we're told not to do. Let's, let's run through them. Ready? I want everybody looking up here. We're told not to be afraid. We're told not to be discouraged. <laughs> that, that's our part. We're told not to be afraid and not to be discouraged. But notice what God gives us, okay? Why can we avoid being afraid and being discouraged? How can we deal with it? Because he promised he'd be with us. He promised he's our God. He promised that he would strengthen us and he would help us and he would hold us up. So that's how I know that I can make it. I can do it. How many know God is not going to ask us to do something we're not capable of doing? And how do I know I can do it? Because he tells me, well, he did tell me, right? <laughs> he tells me right there. He said, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Why? Because I'm with you. I'm your God. I'll strengthen you. I'll help you and I'll hold you up. Who's doing most of the work here? Who's doing most of the work here? God's doing most of the work. What we got to do is have faith, trust Him to do our part. That means what? We deal with fear and fear-filled thoughts when they come to us. Discouraging thoughts. And don't get me wrong, guys. I want you to understand. I have my share of this. I am not immune from it. I have had more... Since I made the decision to... to that's it. I'm just leaving Broken Arrow, leaving my home. I don't care, and I'm going to go where I believe God needs me to be. I have had hell on earth, I'm going to be honest with you, in my life. I have had so many attacks in my thought life. 
I've seen attacks on the church. I've seen attacks in people's lives. I've seen finance, this, that, just all kinds of different things, a dizzying amount of different things that have caused me to what? Want to question things? Did I make the right decision? The devil's saying, you're going to fail. This thing isn't going to work. The, the list goes on and on and on and on. What I have to do is what? I go to the Lord and I encourage myself in the Lord. How do I do that? I get in his word and I look at what he says. He said, I'm an overcomer. He said, everything I set my hand to would be blessed and successful. He said, and I look at the word. He's, I don't care what the devil said. The devil's the one saying, it ain't going to work. You're a failure. Anybody ever have a thought like that? Something maybe you really desire in life. Maybe, maybe it could be a spouse, it could be a girlfriend or a boyfriend, it could be a home, it could be a job, it could be any number of things, and the devil will just, he's on you, just not ain't going to work. No one will ever love you that way. No, you'll never have a successful, you'll never do this, you'll never get there, you'll never be able to afford this, you'll never be, and he's just on you. We all know what I'm talking about. Man, there's one thing the devil does good is talk. Yappity yap yap. I mean, just blah, 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 all the time. And what you have to do, again, is fill your thoughts up with like that. Say what God says about you. What does God say? He told me, I don't need to be afraid. He, he's with me. Amen. I don't need to be discouraged. He's my God. Why would I be discouraged and afraid if God is with me? Amen? And see, when my thoughts dwell on that, and I'm speaking that out of my mouth, again, it isn't good enough for you to... Is it good enough for you to hear this this morning and last you all week? Man, it might not last you to the rest of the day. All right? What you need to do is take what I'm teaching you and say, i got to start applying this. I need to look up these scriptures, and I'm going to go ahead and get them printed out or write them out, and I'm going to begin to say them in my life all the time. Make a goal this week, every single day, that you're going to look at the scriptures we're talking about and you're going to confess them. Every day. Put it wherever you eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And just take a couple moments and every time you do it, like, like you take your gospel pills. You know, you've heard that before. Ha, ha, ha. And you take this and you take it. I'm feeding myself. And I'm saying it out loud. And I'm feeding myself. Now, if you do this for a week, you know what's going to happen? By the end of the week, you're going to start memorizing this. You're going to start feeding your spirit. What happens when you plant seed in good soil and water it? You're going to get a harvest. What's the harvest? That. The harvest is, I'm not afraid. The harvest is, I'm hard to discourage. The harvest is, I'm an overcomer. The harvest is, I see that in my life. And see, that's what we need to change. Amen? Now, Psalm 27, verse 1. A lot of you know this one. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Now let's read this in the New Living. It's the same verse. Psalm 27, 1, the New Living says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. But I love this. So why should I be afraid? Why should I be afraid? Why should I be afraid? Praise God. The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? Why should I even be moved because I hear something? But see... If you're not full of God in His Word, like we're talking about, you're going to be moved. You're going to move. But remember, what did Jesus say? That if we would build our life on His Word and be doers of His Word, what did He say? Those storms can come, those challenges, those floods can come, but you'll still be standing there. You'll still be fine. You'll see people get washed away, 
And see, the beautiful thing is you can be a bright, shining beacon of light to someone that says, man, why is it that no matter what happens in life, you're still okay? You act like, I heard, I got all the same news you did and you were fine. Because I know God and His Word. I know it's going to be okay. Why do I have to look at it as, well, they're going to have a bunch of layoffs, man, I'm going to lose my job. Well, so what? God will give me another one. And it could, it, and, and it could be more. I could make more money and have better benefits. See, I can either focus on the problem or focus on the promise of God. And, and God can do it. But if we start growing, I'll never get another job like this. Oh, my God, I'm going to do, man, all those time and the years and so on and so forth. Well, now you just created a pity party you're bathing in. And the enemy can go to work in your life. And guess what? It's probably not going to do well. Why? Because you just keep on talking it and you keep on thinking about it and dwell in that depression. You know how you want, you want to get depression? You've heard me say this before. You want, to, you want to deal with depression in your life? Then go be a blessing to someone else. That'll fix it right up. Why? You've got your eyes off you. Depression is someone looking inward at, oh, woe is me. Life is all about me and my problems. I'm not trying to be mean and heartless. But the reality is, is that it's selfishness. And how do you deal with that? Let the love of God flow out of you. And when you don't feel good about yourself, you feel like everything's weighted and heavy, then spend some time with the Lord and be a blessing to someone. Just find someone and say, I'm going to be a blessing. I'm, there. I'm not going to ask them what they need. I'm just going to be a blessing to them. And you start doing that. That's why it's so important for, for members of a local church to get involved. Why? Because when they're active doing something, their eyes aren't on themselves. Their life becomes about what? other people and it's hard to get depressed when you're not thinking about yourself (laughs) right i mean think about what is depression and people will talk about you know this chemical imbalance that chemical imbalance how many know jesus can deal with those kind of things it's amazing how many more diseases we have now that we didn't have that long ago i mean when i was a kid my mom if i ate dirt would say good for you build your immune system up now, can't touch this, can't touch that. Can't, we don't want the kids near each other. No. I mean, you know, one, I mean, I've seen parents so spazzy if one kid just had a normal cold. I, and the way we're going now, they're going to close schools down if one kid had a little snotty nose. Ah! You know, and, and spread everybody apart. I mean, isn't that ridiculous? That's what you get. If you have a bunch of little kids, snotty noses. But why do I need to be afraid if I really truly believe God's word and that anything touches me would die anyway, right? The question is this, where's your faith and what do you really believe? What do you really believe? You see, if somebody really believes the word of God, really believes it, does the Bible say that if we lay hands on the sick, they'd recover, right? So if you woke up, let's say, on a Saturday or Sunday and you had a back pain, oh, I better stay home and rest. Or should you Oh, man, I need to get to church. Why? Because I need to get prayed for, get this thing fixed. I'm just going to look that way. (laughs) Am I telling you guys the truth? I believe that. See, if I I had a pain or something, there's so many people just, oh, 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 you know, why are you sitting there whining and saying, man, let's just take care of this? I don't know about you, but and I've had a few setbacks in my life. I remember one time I broke my foot. I only missed one service. And that was because I was out till five in the morning and I was drug induced. I couldn't, <laughs> I had no business being you doing anything. I mean, they loaded me up pretty good. I barely talked to Larry and told him I need you to preach tomorrow. 
But by Wednesday, I was here hobbling, and I was believing God for a quick recovery, and I did not slow down. I mean, I just, I just kept on going at it, going at it, going at it. And, I, and finally, one of those days, I got so sick and tired of the dumb crutches, even though the guy told me to keep them from a little bit longer. I said, forget this, and I just started walking around with it. And yes, sometimes it would sting, but I'd say, shut up! In the name of Jesus, you're healed and normal. You know? And I just, that's the way I would do it and approach it. I was not going to stop my life. Do you realize with this coronavirus, well, we got to quarantine, we got to quarantine, we got to quarantine. I understand some of it, but dear Lord, what if it happened five times in one year? You really going to stop your life five times for 14 days? I'm going to look again over here. I mean, I'm telling you guys, I'm not saying we throw the baby out the bathwater. Obviously, if someone tested positive, that we probably ought to give a little bit of time because not everybody's at the same faith level. I, and I, that's, I'm pastoring, so I'm, we're, I'm well aware that not everybody is at the same level. But the point I'm making is we can't be afraid and hide. You know what I'm saying? We do what we know to do. If I'm out in public and I'm around a bunch of people, especially people I don't know, and I'm, I don't know what's going on in their life, well, yeah, I'll wear a mask, and I'll, I'll do what I know to do to be polite and follow the rules. But the, the fact is, is that I am not going to be bound and dictated by everything. Amen? Everybody say it with me again. I'm free. Amen? I'm telling you guys. And I'm not, I, again, I'm not knocking anything. Don't, don't misunderstand me. Somebody says, preacher, do you think I should stop taking my medicine? I believe God is healing me. If you have to ask me, keep taking it. If you have to ask me, should I take my blood pressure medicine? Yes. <laughs> yes. Why? Because you had to ask me. In other words, if God is inspiring you and you were out in faith, you would know on the inside, wouldn't I need to ask anybody? You know what I'm saying? But if you have to ask, yes, please. Now, while you're taking it, say in the name of every time I take my blood pressure medicine, if I were taking some, I would do this. I would pull that bottle out. I'd pull the pill out. And I'd say, in the name of Jesus, my body is completely normal with blood pressure. That my body operates the way it was designed to operate. In the name of Jesus, I'm free from that. And I receive this blessed in Jesus' name. Now, what am I doing? I'm still in faith. I'm still acting. What a lot of people think is, well, it's one or the other. It's one or the other. It's like with finances. Well, you know, the Bible says uh, not to borrow, not to be in debt. So if I'm in faith, I guess I can't borrow anything. Well, it depends on where you're at. I do believe this. Don't get yourself upside down. You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't be in a situation that's just foolish. But at the same time, a lot of people probably could not buy a home for cash, depending on where they're at in life and what they can believe God for. Okay? Now, I believe, can you get to that point? Yes, I do. Yes, I believe we can get to the point we can pay cash for the car. Amen? You can get a lot better deal, too. No paperwork. <laughs> you know, none of that. Let's call this one. Ah, this is what I'm offering to pay. I'm walking if you don't take it. And boy, wouldn't that feel good. I don't give a flip what you think. You know what I'm saying? And I just pay cash. Just right. I remember I did that one time years ago. I bought a truck. Now, this was a long time ago, okay? But I remember we were on there on a Saturday, and uh, the guy was, you know, he was, a, we, I worked out, this is what I'm willing to pay for this truck. And he, he went back, and okay, okay, we'll take it. And they would think him they were going to drag me through the whole thing. He said, so how do you plan on paying for it? I'm going to write you a check. He was like, huh? And it was on a Saturday. He's like, how am I going to make sure the check is good? You know, the drive-off. He says, well, 
I trust you. And so he let me write the check, and we went ahead and processed things, and I drove the truck off. But he was shocked that it was just, I was just going to write a check. There was no financing involved whatsoever. I didn't borrow from anybody, and uh, God blessed me. I tell you, that was the best vehicle I ever bought. Just bought it. And I believe that we can all get to that point in every area of our life, amen, that we're so blessed. But see, it starts with us getting in the Word, being obedient to God's Word, being filled with His Word, making that what our life is about, and then acting on it. And that life of God begins to flood every aspect of our life. See, my life wasn't about finances. My life wasn't about chasing a dollar. And that's how God could bless me, because I was doing and building the kingdom of God. Amen? But He increased me to the point that I could do that. Amen? Isn't God good? All right, so real quickly. Instead of allowing fear to dominate us, Let's allow the love of God to flow from us. Again, God wants you and me to be bright, shining lights in this world to people who need help. So real quickly, I want to give you a quick Bible story that we can practice what we're hearing, okay? Now, the Bible's filled with a lot of stories about God's people that were attacked by enemies and how God would turn this horrendous situation around in their life for His glory. And one such event was with Jehoshaphat when he was king over Judah. A bad report came to Jehoshaphat uh, about several of their enemies and their armies. So we're talking about a lot, okay, that could easily, in the natural, okay, I'm talking about normal life, could easily overtake them and overwhelm them. Now Jehoshaphat's reaction to what happened is what you and I need to examine and put into practice in our own life especially when we get bad news, okay? Now remember, I kind of sent you guys a text out, if you got it, and I basically said, are you overwhelmed or are you an overcomer? And it all depends on your reaction to things, okay? It's not up to God. It's not up to the devil. It's not up to the situation. It's up to you and what you're going to do with what's happening in your life. So here we have Jehoshaphat's first response to hearing about this horrible, horrible report. And his first instinct is to seek God. Everybody say, seek God. I mean, what's your first instinct sometimes when you get bad news? Man, I'm going to go find someone to tell. <laughs> Whether it be husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, a friend, call some, man, i got to tell somebody. Do you know what's happening to me? And blah, 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 and you just share it all. But his first response is to put God first, to seek Him. Let's look at it real quickly. Second Chronicles 20, verse 3. And Jehoshaphat feared. In other words, the Bible's saying he's well aware of what's going on. Okay? Well aware of what's going on. Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord, and from all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. So here we have this situation. The enemy is coming, they get word of it, and they know what damage could happen. And so, yeah, there's an air of potential fear here. Isn't that what you get when you get really bad news? But what he does is he seeks God first, and all of them do. Everybody gets together and seeks God for his help regarding this situation. They didn't talk about the problem, whine about the problem. 
didn't sit around depressed about the problem. They went to the Lord. They put God first. In other words, instead of being overwhelmed with fear, they trusted God to help them become overcomers of the problem. All right? So here it is. He prays. They prayed God's word over the situation. They reminded God of his word, of his promises, to protect his people, to love them and care for them. And here we see God's response through a man of God, okay, regarding them seeking God and praying. Second Chronicles 20, verse 15. And he said, Listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid nor dismayed. So here we are. Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, this this army coming after you. For the battle is not yours, but God's. So who's going to do the fighting here? God is saying, because you came to me, okay, I'm getting involved. All right. Now what would have happened if they didn't go to God? They would have had to handle it themselves, wouldn't they have? They would have got killed and overrun. But because they went to God, instead of allowing fear to dominate them and react, they go to God. This is what we need to do in our life when a problem comes to us. Okay, We go to God with it. And God says, hey, don't be afraid. I got your back. I got this thing taken care of. I'll fight it. Don't worry about it. Now, he gave them a command not to be afraid and gave them instructions and more encouragement. In verse 17, 2 Chronicles 20, we read, You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see or watch the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord is with you. So he's saying, you're going to get up, you're going to go out, all right, And you're going to face that enemy, but you're going to stand still. And I'm going to take care of him. But you're going to watch the whole thing. That's what God wants you to do in your life. You see, the devil comes in roaring, causing all kinds of issues and problems. And it looks bad. But if you'll go to God and trust him, you will stand still. And you will watch your enemy be taken out right before your eyes. Amen? Didn't the Bible say... That a thousand can fall at our side and ten thousand at our right hand, but it won't come near us. And it speaks of us watching. Watching. In other words, we'll see it, but it won't harm us. Praise God for that. Amen. Isn't God good to us? He's good to us. Now look what happened. The people of God went out boldly. Now, God told them that they weren't going to fight. So what they do (laughs) is they place the worship team in front of the army. They're like, we're not fighting. So, now, did, now, is this an act of faith or what? I mean, God spoke to them, and they're so confident. And what God said, they take the worship team and put them in the front of the army. No intention of fighting. And that proves it. Faith without actions is dead. But faith with actions It's alive and powerful. And they acted on what God said. And so they put the praise and worship team out. (laughs) No plans to fight because he said, you won't need to fight. The battle is mine. And so they they put them out there. They began to praise God right in front of the enemy. Man, I can imagine that had to have been a face step for all those guys on the front row in their choir robes whatever they were doing, and they're sitting there praising God and worshiping God, 
and God caused confusion in the enemy camp, I believe God took that praise to him. And it was probably, he magnified it and anointed to where there was confusion in the enemy's camp. And they ended up killing one another until every last one of them was dead. And guess, guess who got to watch? <laughs> These guys praising God watched the whole thing happen. That is so cool. I mean, look at that. I mean, and there's more to the story we're not even going to get into in that part. My, my point is this. We can make a difference. You and I can make a difference in our life. We don't have to let the devil, listen to me, you draw a line. You are not going past that devil. There's no way. How many know we have authority? We, we Say, I'm an overcomer. Amen. I'm an overcomer. Stand up with me. Say it with me again. I'm an overcomer in Christ. Nothing the devil could do, dream up, or attempt, and my life could be successful. Because I won't let it. Because I have the name of Jesus. I have authority. He has none. I got it all. Say it again. He has none. I got it all. See, the devil wants you to think he's big and loud and can do things in your life. He can't do anything unless you let him. Unless you let him. That's why Ephesians says, don't open the door to the enemy. Don't open the door. Why? Because it's only by you opening the door through fear and your words that he can do something in your life. Stop him and say no in the name of Jesus. No, I'm not going to. And if you've been having fearful thoughts or challenging thoughts in your life, it's time for you to deal with them and say, I'm, I'm enough in the name of Jesus. I'm free from this, this stuff. I don't need to deal with it. And don't feed it by watching the news all the time or talking about it. Amen? That's feeding the fire, so to speak. Just let it go and say you're free from that in Jesus' name. That doesn't mean you ignore yourself and bury your head in the sand and just ignore life, okay? I want to generally be aware of what's going on, but I don't necessarily need to make it part of my life. I don't need to absorb it all. Amen?